Hello and welcome back to Dead Talk. This is, is this episode 27 or 28? 28. I'm losing my mind. Let's see. I think it is 28. Yeah, because Dan is 27, yeah. Is it? Definitely. 100%. 28 already? 28. How is everyone? Hope you're having a good morning, afternoon. I know, I was going to say a good, but I actually, this is going to come out. Actually, Christmas. Merry Christmas, Merry everyone. Merry Christmas. This is not even close to a festive episode. I mean, um, I'm not feeling very festive, are you? What, in general? Yeah. Are you not? No. I am Well, my flat's not decorated at all. That's fair. That's I'm just working fair. all the time, so... Yeah, but I always think sometimes the hospitality industry can make you feel a bit more festive. Cause of I do, yeah, you know what, I think because we haven't started playing Christmas music at work yet. Well, why? Heaven's <laughs> Because not. it's not allowed, I keep asking, because that makes me feel festive more than anything else. But I think it's just the lack of, like, Christmas markets and... That's true, that's true. Christmassy, it's like, definitely, night and stuff. Yeah, it's a lot less Christmassy this year. But anyway... Getting besides the point, guys. Getting besides the point. This has nothing to do with Christmas, this episode. <laughs> we really should have planned a festive episode. Well, also sometimes I know with my favourite podcasts and stuff like that, if you go too hard on the like theme, mm. I think sometimes you then end up focusing on the theme so much that you just pull out, you pull something out your ass in yeah. this shit episode. So it might not be festive, but I promise... We're committed to the cause. It's going to be a good one. <laughs> um, so... Again, if you're watching on YouTube, please let us know. Yes. We're here at the State of Mind um, studio. They are letting us record here, letting us film here, um, and we're very, very thankful. So, yeah, if you're watching on YouTube, please let us know, because it's a new addition to the Dead Talk um, brand. So, yeah, it's so brand. exciting. It's, it's, it's the a franchise. brand. Um, empire, if you will. Um so today we're going to be talking about the story of Gypsy Rose Blanchard. Um, this is pretty big because of the TV series that came out. Yeah. Um, I've not seen it. It was on Hulu for a bit. So that's why I haven't seen it because I don't have There's Hulu. also a film. Is it there? Yeah. So the, the series is the one with Joey King. Oh, maybe. Maybe you're talking out maybe your I'm ass. Maybe I'm talking out my ass. I usually do. Maybe you are talking out your ass. But I swear, anyway. But it became really big because of this... Um, well, it was big on its own. It's a yeah. mental story. It's yeah. an absolutely crazy story. Um, but there was a TV show about it. Um, and if you don't know this story, you're in for an absolute ride because it's crazy. Yeah, in a brief synopsis, there's mm-hmm. a brutal murder sparked by a revelation that a mother had been forcing a child to pretend to have chronic illness and aggressive health conditions for years. Buckle up. <laughs> Buckle up, buddy. It's going to be wild. It's, yeah, so where do we even start with this story? Um, yeah. It's, so we're set in the US. Um, this is in Missouri. Um, That's south, right? It is south. Um, uh, I think it'd be really beneficial. So the story is about Gypsy, but it's also about her mum, and it's really about their relationship yeah. and how weird it was. Um, so I think it'd be really good to start with Gypsy's mum, Dee Dee, and her childhood. So Didi, Didi, Didi. Well, her name's Claudine, but she was but nicknamed spelled Didi. It was a double D. I don't know. I don't think so. No, it was Claudine was it? with two Ds. That's ah, why she's called Didi. Okay, right. So, I mean, I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which would you rather, Claudine or Didi? I think they're Claudine. Both... I like Claudine. Claudine. I don't. Um, sorry if you're called Claudine. Um, Didi was born. Claudine, Didi, whatever her name was, was born in 1967 in Shack Bay. Chack Bay, Louisiana, somewhere in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Um, her childhood isn't extremely well documented, but um, it is detailed by relatives that Dee Dee was involved in like petty theft as an adolescent, um, 
And they kind of said that this was often more to do with a retaliation of things not going her way. So she was kind of that child, um, always... Very obstinate. Yeah. Interestingly, this is kind of like an insight to what is about to happen. In 1997, her family actually had a suspicion that she might have killed her mother by denying her food. So she was a nurse for a bit. Yeah. Um, and she, so was she just... like nursed, she looked after her mm-hmm. elderly mother. Yeah. And they think she just didn't, they, she just starved her. Yeah. So we'll skip forward from, that was just a bit of a backstory of her childhood, but we'll skip forward to when Dee Dee is 24 years old. She got pregnant with Gypsy Rose um, as a somewhat entree to the serving of absolute fucked upness that we're about to give you this whole episode. Gypsy's father, Rod, big old Rod, um, oh, big old Rod. Okay. Maybe he did, I don't know. Let's rethink that one. I don't know if he did, maybe he did. Um, He was 17, so actually I feel a bit weird saying that. But he was 17, think, yeah, 17 years old and Dee Dee was 24. Something to can you ima- Can you imagine? No, we talked about That's this. my little brother's age. That's great. And that's your age. And that's basically my age, yeah. No, imagine if I turned around and I was like, yeah, I'm going out with your little brother. I would have to no, cut you off. No, imagine if I turned around and said I'm pregnant with your little brother's child. Oh God, I really, want, be, I really hope your little brother doesn't watch. I know, I know. <laughs> Sorry, it's child. just horrifying <laughs> when you contextualise age like that. Like uh-huh. it's absolutely horrifying to me. But we talked about this last episode and that was like, you know, we said, oh, if the tables were turned, because obviously we were talking about Charles and Diana, mm-hmm. but we were saying, oh, if the woman was the older one in this situation, she is. And yeah. it's still, still weird. Um, so the two got married anyway. Um, but shortly after Gypsy was born, they separated as Rod kind of said in an interview later on that they were married for like the wrong reasons. Mature Rod. Mature Rod. Come on, Rod. Come on, Rod. <laughs> um, the two named Gypsy Rose as such because Dee Dee really liked the name Gypsy and Rod was a big fan of Guns N' Roses. Does that not just scream 17-year-old boy to you? Yeah, that's like... <laughs> there is no more of a like, teenage way to name a child yeah. than that. Like, well, I like Guns N' Roses, so <laughs> Rose. Um, so after they separated, Dee Dee begged Rod to return, but he refused and Dee Dee went to live with her family um, with baby Gypsy Rose. So from the very like start of Gypsy's life, Dee Dee was convinced that Gypsy was unwell. So at three months old, Gypsy was taken to hospital multiple times for overnight stays and observations because her mum was like convinced she had sleep apnea, mm. which is when like you stop breathing when you sleep. Right, okay. However, the doctors found like no sign of the baby suffering from the ki- from that condition, but Dee Dee apparently insisted. Um, and over time became more and more adamant that Gypsy had an array of health issues due to like a non-specific chromosomal disorder, which is convenient for her story. <laughs> Very convenient. Non-specific. It's just like something. It's just it's, like, I just feel it. I just, I don't know. I look at her and I think, yeah, that's not well. Not, not well. <laughs> not well up here. <laughs> I think she's not well up here. But um, yeah, so as the time went on, the claims got, they kind of went from very vague like we said this non-specific mm-hmm. chromosomal disorder or whatever and sleep apnea which is you know not it's very serious but not you know um terminal or anything like yeah. that but as time went on the claims got really like way more severe and way more aggressive Um some of her claims to like gypsy's illnesses were that she had seizures and um, so she she ended up getting prescribed anti-seizure medication and that is the cr- one of the craziest things about the story is that not only, like, you know, you can have your mum be like, oh, she's got this, that, whatever, 
But Dee Dee convinced doctors yeah, that's what's to prescribe her medication. And antidepressant medication's fucking strong. It's like, violent. It's for your yeah. brain. Like, violent. Aggressive yeah, is what I meant. Yeah. Um, she even had like several surgeries um, were performed on her during this time. Like and what? They were cutting her open. Like n- surely they would see at that point there's nothing wrong with her. But yeah. No. Um, Dee Dee regularly took Gypsy to the emergency room for minor ailments. And by the time Gypsy was eight... Dee Dee described her as suffering from leukemia, muscular dystrophy, and um, severe learning difficulties, in which she required a wheelchair and a feeding tube. So these are things like sleep apnea, you can get away with. Like, she's sleeping, you don't really know what's going on. Like, whatever. I could say that I have sleep apnea tomorrow, and everyone would believe me, because who knows, you know? Um, But leukemia, muscular dystrophy, and learning difficulties, like... That's Literally both. shoving a tube down your daughter's throat mm-hmm. to help her breathe and when she can already yeah. breathe. Like, and also... So it's she's, so invasive. It's literally down your trachea. Yeah, not to, like, um, even try to relate in some sort of way, but... But, but I'm going to do it. When I got my appendix out, <laughs> which is really um, life-threatening. No. I mean, it was. Well, yeah, it was, but not Wasn't really. it, like, your 19th birthday thing? Oh, yeah. No, it wasn't even my birthday. It was, like... Do you know what? It will have... It was like this time. It was a year ago in like two days or something. Or no, no, no it wasn't a year, a year ago. ago. Sorry, it was like four years ago. Yeah, I was like, like, I lived with you a year something ago. Something like, <laughs> yeah, maybe like four or five years ago or something. But yeah. anyway, my point is when I got um, my appendix taken out, obviously I was under and whatever and I didn't feel anything because that's how surgeries work. Modern medicine, we love it. Bless up. Um, but one of the worst side effects that I had after the surgery and one of the things that I felt the most was my entire throat was scratched and cut up from them shoving a tube down your throat because obviously they're very careful with it and as careful as they can be when you're awake yeah but when you're in surgery they're just getting it done and whatever yeah. so they just shove a, the breathing tube down my yeah. throat and my throat felt like it had been like cut, well, cut been, like clawed yeah. like down it was so sore so i can i can't even imagine like doing, doing that, that day in day out day in and day out for no reason yeah literally no reason at all horrendous mm. um yeah and the list of medical problems just kept growing and growing and this bit's pretty horrendous. Due to Dee Dee's actions, Gypsy was prescribed a litany of medications and had to sleep using a breathing machine. Oh my god. She also went through multiple surgeries, including procedures on her eyes, which is fucking weird, and the removal of her salivary... Salivary? Uh, salivary glands. Salivary glands. Yeah. And because of that, her teeth were rot like rotted because she didn't have like the like yeah from medications but also your salival glands like regulate the level of acidity in your mouth oh god yeah and so without that her teeth just like rotted away but with this salivary and they were pulled out so she had no like front teeth like she had no teeth so when you see photos of her Mm -hmm. also her mum made her shave her head because she said that as a like patient of leukemia she would inevitably well, lose her hair anyway yeah that she was going to lose so it anyway. it's better to do it now and so she looked ill like she looked like a yeah. child that had severe illnesses yeah with like no teeth like swollen face because of medication yeah no hair like it was just it was such a shame but like at this point i was thinking first of all what the fuck but second <laughs> of all like how how was she getting away with this and thirdly how was she paying for this because Healthcare isn't free in the US, baby. Mm, like, what's the... Di- like, what... Because what, what, you've lived... Lucy's lived in America. So how would you 
define the differences between like the healthcare systems? Would it be easier to do this in the in the US as opposed to the UK? Yeah, I think so. Obviously, we know as a basis that healthcare isn't free in the US, and it's it's obviously not free here, mm-hmm. but it's paid by like taxpayers' money, yeah. obviously. And the way that it works, and again, I've got very limited knowledge. Like I don't, I was a child. Yeah, I was I a know. teenager when I lived there, so I didn't have, wasn't really spending my time studying the healthcare system but <laughs> from what I do know so you get your healthcare through um insurance and mm-hmm. a lot of the time that's um provided by your employer so like really big big enticements for jobs is like the healthcare benefits that they give mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so if you have proof of serious ailment and proof of conditions then your insurance should cover it if you've got good enough insurance so she must have taken out good insurance basically well if yeah, and if, like, essentially, I think, as much as I know, is that if you can prove that you have this condition and you need all of this, then they'll take out the insurance. But... Is that, the, me- like, what Medicare is, basically? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's, like, it's, you know, all these different um, things like Medicare and whatever are just, like, better systems of insurance. Right. But an important thing to kind of keep in mind is, like, no matter if it's your insurance or whatever these doctors are getting specifically paid for what they're doing right so like i don't know how to explain it in the sense of like doctors there are so much more of an industry than they are here it's a business it's a complete business and like you know even just like the only indication i have from living there is like you know you would always hear like oh i've got a really good doctor and like I've got a GP that I see like every now and again and yeah. I know nothing about how good they are. And like, you know, I can complain, for example, we, I wait, I've waited, um, you know, upwards of almost a year to be on like um, mental health services, right? Yeah. But doctors specifically, like specific doctors are recommended, are... Right, so there's no like standardised, no, it doesn't matter no, who you see, it's no, all similar, right? Not okay, at all. I see. So it's tailored. Uh-huh. So my point is with that is if you're a doctor and you have a patient come in and so you're you're a you're selling yourself as a doctor right mm-hmm. you're selling yourself as somebody who can provide a service but like you 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 as a doctor want to be recommended mm-hmm. um so if you come in and you are in a position where you are really upset that your daughter has x y and z the only way that the better satisfaction this person is going to get is feel like they get the solution yeah if like you they're run the lots of tests yeah incurable child. exactly and they gave them the solution and then to it'd this, be a better accoladed doctor yes because if you're the doctor if you're the doctor that runs a million tests and can't find mm. what's wrong or or says sorry nothing's coming okay, up you know that makes sense yeah because it was just so sus to me i was like i can't imagine going to the doctors here and being like oh my kid's got leukemia mm. cure it like i don't know but she must have been a master manipulator. Like she must have been. Yeah. And also, apparently, um, if doctors like weren't really responding the way she wanted to, she would just go to a different one. Oh, which is easy done. Yeah. Of, like you are. And I, to we whatever. don't know. We don't. I haven't seen the files or anything like that. Like I'm sure for every doctor that performed a procedure, there was tons that were like, nah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, back to how fucked this whole thing is. Um, Dee Dee told everybody that her daughter had a mental age of seven years old, even though she was completely neurotypical um like there was no suggestion of her actually having any kind of like mental stunt or yeah yeah um she never let so her mum never let gypsy go to school she didn't even teach her to read though gypsy taught herself 
through reading um, Harry Potter books at home, which they're fucked. She taught her. herself to read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. insane. Um, and pretty remarkable given the circumstances. Yeah, it's actually. She had no freedom. Her mother was super controlling. Um, and because she never went to school or did anything, it meant she had no real life friends or even many social skills. And she was just completely isolated. And also thought that she was dying. Like, yeah. she believed that she was ill, of course. I know, there's so much to say of like, you like, know, what would that do to a person? There's so many, she did so many interviews actually after mm-hmm. um after the fact of what we're about to the story we're about to tell mm. and to even try and contemplate the mental state she must have been in as a child is yeah. insane yeah and ha- the effects that must have had on her like and still will have yeah still will have so because her whole fabric of reality is like i am dying also your entire grasp on reality yeah. like how can you trust anything after mm. that so in like 2005 when gypsy was around 14 hurricane katrina um, hit, which is obviously devastating in the US, but specifically in the South. Yeah. Dee Dee and Gypsy lost quite a lot, to be fair, in that um, hurricane. They lost their house. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of their belongings um, were trashed, were absolutely ruined. So they got relocated from Louisiana to Missouri in 2005. Now, a really important part to bring up during this part in Hurricane Katrina, and this is intrinsic to what happens after this point, is because of Katrina and because their house got wrecked and they moved um, from Missouri to Louisiana, Dee Dee had the best alibi of all time that all of the medical records were ruined yeah. in Katrina. Yeah. So any doctor, and um, there's a doctor that's in, so I, we watched a documentary yeah. um, about this for research for the episode, and there's a... Um, psychologist that is interviewed and he talks about how he asked to see why or he ran tests it wasn't a psychologist it was just a doctor Mm -hmm. um of some sort but he ran tests and he was like there's no indication to why she has why she he basically questioned a lot of her medical conditions Mm -hmm. like there's nothing to suggest that she has muscular dystrophy yeah and dd was like well the records are being destroyed yeah the records he he asked to see the medical records and she said they were destroyed in katrina um, but anyway, so they relocated to Missouri and this Christian organisation, this charity called Habitat for Humanity, organised the building of Dee Dee and Gypsy's new home. It was like tailored to... It's crazy. So this news coverage of this house being built is one of the weirdest things I have ever watched in my life. <laughs> and like, keep in mind, I'm fully aware that you know, this is like all in hindsight. Like mm-hmm. you, everything that we watch is now from that is in context of knowing what happened. Because at the time, time they fully believed that this oh, was a struggling just, mother with her like horrendously ill, chronically ill child. It was just a wholesome story. Like yeah. it was just a wholesome story about a really, really unwell, like misfortune child and their mother and her mother that had, you know, worked her entire struggling life to make it better. Mother, yeah. yeah. So the house that they got built was this like gorgeous house with um, wheelchair access. Um, I just like to imagine like, you know, Gypsy like tap dancing in the middle of the night down at like, fuck you get. No, she wasn't obviously because she didn't know. But, <laughs> but they... she knew she could walk on it. She knew she could walk. Yeah. So she must have been like, wait. <sighs> yeah. Anyway. Um, but the house had wheelchair access. It had a jacuzzi bathtub um, and Gypsy is interviewed and says, you know, I've got a jacuzzi bathtub for my muscles because muscular dystrophy. Um, and there's even a part in the news interview, this makes me laugh, watching it, um, where where the house is built and they're sitting inside. And you can just tell Gypsy has been conditioned into playing this character. And whether I, like, this is the interesting thing we should talk about at the end, how much of it was a character 
that she was playing and she yeah. knew that she was in on this how con? How conscious was it? Or, how, yeah. or was she just like, you know, because at some point, if you're a child... Socialised, like... How, how much have you been conditioned to think this is who you are? Yeah. Like, she believed it herself. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she's quoted saying, now I realise that happy endings aren't just for fairy tales. They happen in real life too. <laughs> but the way she says it is so creepy. Like... She yeah. says it in this, like... Because also, in hindsight, you know that she's not mentally stunted at all. And she says it in this super childlike voice. She's like, you know, like, now I realise that happy endings just aren't for fairy tales, but yeah. they happen in real life too. And her mum's just, like, looking at her, like, so dotingly or whatever. And it's just... It's just acted. And it's so gross to watch yeah, it now, like, know. knowing what happened. But, yeah, so... Once the house was built and they relocated, Dee Dee was still continuing to bring Gypsy to doctor's appointment... Um, they were receiving like benefits that included like charity sponsored visits to concerts into Disney World. Mental. Like, almost like Make a Wish kind of. It stuff. was Make a Wish that yeah. took them to Disney World. Yeah. There's like this part in the documentary where one of the family friends, Althea, is being interviewed about Gypsy and she says how she loved to dress up. Mm-hmm. Um they went to Disneyland a lot, but also Comic Con and movie premieres, um, where Gypsy would dress up all the time, like wearing these long wigs wherever she could. Because that was like one of the only social interactions that she was like allowed to go on. Yeah. Because she'd been like obsessed with Comic Con. Is that like Comic Con's like yeah Comic Con's like Kika the like white straight girl like what's Comic Con? Um, Comic Con's like yeah it's where a lot of the it's like fantasy kind of like all the like Marvel films come together. Like dress up and stuff. Cosplay, yeah. Yeah. So she dressed up a lot in cosplay from all the photos and stuff. And so I think she had like some kind of social ties of people yeah, there that was like her people, only like yeah um touch of the outside world and like apparently loads of people were charmed by her she was like five foot nearly toothless large glasses high childlike voice like it just reinforced this perception of her as like really ill and like mentally challenged yeah like when they left the house Dee, Dee often took the oxygen tank and feeding tube with them and she was like fed children's liquid nutrition supplement well into her 20s. That's mental. Like, it's so... Yeah. So gross. It's also, like, see the minor details like that. Like, you know, we know as a whole this mm-hmm. is what she did was that she convinced Gypsy and everyone that she was ill. But, like, even what I think about the most is, like, the small decisions and going through with that. Like, imagine being calculated and putting in nutrition supplement into a feeding tube into your daughter. Do you and knowing, she, and do knowing you think as soon as well. she had that baby, she knew what she was going to... Like, or do you think it escalated and stemmed and, like... Well, there's a lot in the end to discuss about that. And mm-hmm. I think... I think there was a lot of identity in Gypsy. And I think her... She was, I think she was terrified of the world and yeah. I think she needed to cling on to something. Because as soon as her child like, grew up, she'd be alone again. I think a lot of people left her. Yeah. And I think she needed to... We're sympathising with it. We are sympathising, which is whatever. But we'll discuss that <laughs> yeah. after. Um, so basically, as we said, there was a few doctors that kind of like questioned it there was one that almost like went to social services but just didn't have the evidence to say because of everything because she had this excuse of everything being destroyed mm. but we now know that the that dd was like i don't know if suffering is the right word but she basically had this mental illness mental disorder yeah i think it's called, like it's more like a mental phenomenon yeah or like an I, I, identity issue yeah yeah um called Watch me butcher this. Mun- 
Munchausen? Munchausen syndrome. Yeah, Munchausen syndrome by proxy, which is basically a mental disorder where someone repeatedly and deliberately acts like they have a mental physical illness when they are not sick. So that's much. Um, oh, so that's what Gypsy had. No, no. So that's well, yeah. That's what. So Munchausen, Munchausen syndrome, is when you pretend and um, either pretend to act and tell people that you oh, have okay, metal, but by proxy is what Dee Dee had yes. because she... Enforced it onto Yeah, imposed person. it on Gypsy. Yeah. And yeah, so because Dee Dee wanted to be this caretaker and feigned an induced... She feigned an induced illness in her daughter. It's just fucking weird, isn't it? It is Can weird. you imagine? It's There's so much to unpack and like... the There's like so little research as well on Munchenhaus syndrome and the causation and, and I think like most things it's very individual but in this particular incident it's like you know you can kind of understand Munchenhaus syndrome on its own without mm. the by proxy because you can be like right well you can be that person starved who, of attention starved of attention yeah whatever but by proxy you know where what is she getting out of this mm. like what does she want and obviously that you know she got a fucking she got a house she got to meet uh yeah. mickey mouse girl. she got like she got social acceptance and mm-hmm. ad- admiration from other people but also just as simple as like they wouldn't have the house that they had if they hadn't if gypsy wasn't as yeah. ill as she was they wouldn't have got to go to disneyland got to do all these things like you know you there is no denying that they financially and even just like materialistic they benefited that way yeah. you know Definitely. Things kind of remain the same, but Gypsy's getting older, and as she gets older, she gets more nuggets of, like, independence, I suppose. Or she just becomes, like... Nuggets of independence. Well, like, in that, even more just, like, with her own thinking, free thinking. And there's, like, a couple of reports of her trying to run away Mm -hmm. or making contact with people online and virtually making plans and stuff. But, like, the only one that really holds any significance is meeting John. Big John. Big John. Big John, we're not a fan of him. No. Um, tell me about John. Yeah, so Gypsy got, as Kika said, Gypsy got a bit older and mm. um, she started to have a bit of an online um, persona. So her mum actually, her and her mum actually had a joint Facebook account called Didi Gyp Blanchard, which was their kind of joint Facebook, whatever. But it was used mostly by well it's used only by Dee Dee um either posting pictures of them in Disneyland mm. um or like hospital updates and whatever. But Gypsy managed to create her own secret um Facebook account so that she could um interact with people and, and message people and whatever without her mum's like um supervision. Mm. So um this is how she met her boyfriend um sometime around 2012 mm-hmm. called Nicholas Godijon. It's I could not figure out how to pronounce this until Go I watched. John, yeah. It's got. I would have thought it was like Good John, yeah. Good John, but it's Go to John. Um, this was a guy around her age um, from Big Bend. I love that Big, big Bend. Bend. Why would you name a place Big Bend? Because it's America and it's got a Big Bend in it. I bet you. I bet you it's got. <laughs> yeah, a big that bend. it's just one big bendy road. It's great. I love stuff like that. There's a place in um, Rhode Island where I I used to live in Rhode Island, and there's a place. Oh, in, did you? Right here we go. Here we go. Uh, yeah, near where I used to live, there's a place called Braintree. Braintree? Braintree. Does it look like... I don't know. Brainy tree? I, I don't think it's... I have no idea. Braintree. It's a good place. Okay. But well. anyway, 
Gypsy said that the two met on a Christian singles group on Facebook. So, I mean, that's... That ain't foreshadowing. Well, (laughs) that's how I meet all my men. Um, The next year, Gypsy had arranged and paid for Gorijan to meet her and her mother in Springfield. Um, It was actually quite, like, an elaborate, um, seedy little plan. She came up with this um, idea... That, so she'd been talking to him in secret on her Facebook and she wasn't allowed to, obviously. She wasn't allowed any boyfriends, anything like that. Yeah. So Apparently her mum was quite abusive and like smashed her computer once when she mm-hmm. found her chatting online and um, like tied her to the bed and stuff like yeah, that. There's like a lot to, very, very... There's a lot to um, keep in mind in the sense of like, you know, she's obviously being abused by being forced into like being Ill, ill and whatever yeah. and you know there's there's even physical abuse of like the fact that she's been made to take medications that are like rotting her teeth that she doesn't need whatever it's actually surprising she's not more damaged i know from, I, kept, I kept keep thinking that yeah um but she was also like violently physically abused as in um she was hit and um like you said chained to the bed yeah. and whatever yeah so anyway the plan was for Godijon, um to bump into them while they're at the movie theatre um, while they're both in costume and apparently strike up this kind of conversation and then... As if they just bumped, as into, if they each just bumped yeah. into each other and then hopefully she was hoping that this would kind of make her mum more keen to the idea. Mm-hmm. So they did, they bumped into each other at the um, cinema and Gypsy and Dee Dee got chatting to her, whatever. Um, Gypsy led him to the bathroom where the two had sex. All right, Gypsy. Gypsy girl, like <laughs> fucking hell. She's a uh, she's a minx, absolute minx. What did Slides you miss? Off. What did you miss in the movie? Who knows? <laughs> um, God, sorry, but the brass neck—that's like, quite bold. I'll give her that. Also, I'm surprised you did let her. Must have been a quickie. Must have been a quickie. Yeah, must have been. Um, <laughs> anyway, so this Aaliyah, she's. Um, referenced in our episode quite a lot because she's in this documentary she's quite a big insight so she was one of Gypsy's really good friends so she was friends with the family mm. but Gypsy confided in her quite a lot um, so she talked Aaliyah talks about in this documentary how Gypsy kind of opened up to her about Nicholas um, even before she'd met up with him and she used to talk about how they'd already planned their wedding in the snow with white and red roses um, they'd already named their children they were going to name their first son after Nicholas um, and Aaliyah just warned her about, you know, meeting people off the internet and um, she kind of specifically said, you know, some, some guys aren't what they seem. Um, but she kind of presumed that Dee Dee had a lot more control over the situation and was maybe more tuned into what was going on. Yeah. Um, but the two continued their on rela- online relationship. After they'd met this. After they'd yeah. met, yeah. And, and Gypsy kind of, for the first time, was able to tell somebody what was going on, was able to tell... Um, conf- like literally let out this secret that she'd been keeping yeah. for years that like she was being forced into this life that she she was a prisoner in her own home um, in her own life really not even home it was just like it was the first time that she was able to tell anyone so they continued their relationship and at some point decided that they were going to kill Gypsy's mum yeah. so that the two could be together so that went on for a while um, and then one random Sunday morning, friends of Dee Dee became alarmed when they saw like a really violent Facebook post on their joint Facebook page mm-hmm. saying that bitch is dead. And a later comment, should I read that? Because it's pretty like, could be triggering. Um, 
Yeah, we'll say... So the later comment on that original post said, I fucking slashed that fat pig and... Well, raped, yeah, her sweet, innocent daughter. Her scream was so fucking loud, lol. So, obviously, we'll put a trigger warning at the start. Yeah, but that's, can. you know, that's just what it said, so... Horrendous. Do you want me to show you it? Yeah. So, the well, first... Well, I just read it, so... Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I... No, I just did it, so it's okay, actually. Um... We don't need to do it twice. <laughs> it's not really that fun. So, like, a f- so they sp- concerned friends saw that and arrived at Dee Dee and Gypsy's house, mm-hmm. and Dee Dee wasn't answering any phone calls, but the car was in the driveway, but no one was answering the door, so it was, like, kind of suspicious. So they then phoned the police, um, and the police didn't have a warrant, but the friend was given permission to enter the house through an open kitchen window. But when they are inside, we couldn't find Gypsy or Dee Dee, however... One thing that was causing like major concern for the friends was that all three of Gypsy's wheelchairs were in the house. And bear in mind, nobody thinks, everybody thinks Dee Dee is disabled and cannot walk. Gypsy. Sorry, Gypsy is like, disabled no, <laughs> and cannot walk. Yeah, so the fact that the three wheelchairs are there kind of makes them think, well, something really bad must have yeah, happened. Yeah, they thought she'd been, she been kidnapped. Yeah, she can't get around anywhere yeah. without them. So the police said they would do everything to try and find them um, and all the friends went home. Uh, but that evening at half past ten, I think the police got a warrant and Dee Dee was found dead in her home. So nobody had any idea like how this had happened or where on earth Gypsy had gone. Um, and in this documentary, Aaliyah, the friend, had said at that moment all she knew was that the Facebook all she knew was that the Facebook posts were real. They weren't a hacker, and Gypsy must have been dead too, as it was only and it was only a matter of time until they would find the, find her body. Yeah. So everyone's thinking the worst at this point. Yeah, and at this point as well, it's like there must be some crazed killer that has come to attack Gypsy yeah. and Dee Dee. Yeah. So Godijan had returned to Springfield, Missouri in June 2015, um, arriving while Gypsy and her mother had actually gone away to a doctor's appointment. Mm -hmm. And once they'd returned home um, and Dee Dee had gone to sleep, actually, Gypsy let Godijan, like Nicholas, into the house and allegedly gave him duct tape, gloves and a knife with the understanding that he was going to use it to murder Dee Dee. Gypsy went into the bathroom, this is in the documentary, Gypsy went into the bathroom um, and covered her ears so she didn't have to hear her mum screaming. But she later claimed that she didn't expect him to actually be able to do it. So Godijan stabbed Dee Dee several times in the back while she was asleep and also slashed like the back of her throat. Um, and then after that, the two had sex in Gypsy's room and took $4,000 in cash that Dee Dee had been keeping in the house, which was mostly um, the money was from her, ex-bus- her ex-husband's child support. Mm-hmm. Um, so after that, they fled to a motel outside Springfield where they stayed for a few days. Um, while they're planning their next move. And during that time, they were seen on several security cameras um, at local stores. And Gypsy said at that point she believed that the two had managed to get away with it, which you would yeah. at that point. If you've a few days, I think about this all the time. If I was like involved in a crime, you know, you'd be so on edge if like but if you're yeah, on the as run. As time goes on, you're like. But a few yeah. days, I'd be like, sweet. Yeah. And also, they'd mailed the dagger or whatever he used, the knife to go to John's house back where he lived in Wisconsin or wherever it was. Yeah. And then they were planning to go back there and pick it up so, like, the evidence had been erased. And yeah, so they, it wasn't on them while yeah. they were away. Yeah. It's actually quite smart. Yeah, it is. Also, the fact that they had sex in Gypsy. Yeah, can we, un- can we, go, can we circle yeah. back to that one? Because yeah. that's a weird one. Um, <laughs> it's yeah. almost like 
I just don't, satanic. Like it's like I don't believe the narrative that we're gonna hear at mm. the end here of Nicholas being the entire driving force mastermind behind this. Behind yeah, it, the mastermind. Yeah. And I think I honestly, obviously, not honest, honestly, obviously, <laughs> Gypsy is a really big victim in the story yeah. and really did suffer a lot. But I think she also was used to this character of, or to be honest, just used to acting her entire life. Yeah. That in the end, when she gets caught, instantly in the interrogation, she's like, what's happened to my mum? Uh-huh. I don't understand. So she instantly goes to lie and she plays this character of being manipulated by Godijon and that like she had no idea any of this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I just don't believe... She knew. She, did. She, knew. She, she knew. Yeah, she knew fine well, and I don't think it was sprung on her. No. Um. So yeah, the next part. So how were they caught? Yeah. Um. Basically, a neighbor, um, who was among those that gathered on Dee Dee's lawn, told the police what she knew about Gypsy and her secret online boyfriend because Gypsy had told like a few family friends and neighbors. Um. She showed them prints out she had saved which included his name, and based on that information, police used Facebook to trace the IP address um, from the post to Didi's account, from which the post to Didi's account had been made. Right. So they managed to trace it all the way back to his house in Wisconsin, and the next day police agencies in that area raided Go to John's house, and both he and Gypsy were arrested, they surrendered, and were taken into custody on charges of murder and felony armed criminal action. So initially, the news that Gypsy was safe was greeted with relief back home because everyone's like, oh my God, she's not being killed, she's safe. Yeah. But then they realised what had actually happened. And the truth was kind of revealed that Gypsy had never been sick and she'd always been able to walk and her mother had made her pretend otherwise, like using a physical abuse to control her. And at the disclosure of all this abuse, sympathy, there was quite a lot of sympathy for Gypsy, even though she had yeah. played a massive part in, in Dee Dee's death. I also, think. it was just, like, a massive shock yeah. to everyone around them. Like, Can you, like, imagine? In the documentary, there's quite a few friends of the family, like, interviewed and stuff. And just, like, I think the craziest revelation of... Or the craziest part of this would be being one of them and having been a part of that family's life for such a long time and then f- suddenly realising... It was all a lie. That it was all a lie. Yeah. And that she was never ill. You would just, like... You feel so, che- like... Ups, like just completely untrusting of yourself and yeah your and you feel like you'd just been completely con yeah well they were had. yeah exactly like i said interestingly in the interrogations nicholas was really quite honest mm-hmm. um you can watch the interrogations on youtube and it was interesting so you know a lot of the time these people are trying to get information out so this like trying to be um cooperative mm-hmm. so this interrogator is like right listen you love Gypsy, and you want her to be safe. So just tell me what happened. Like, just, we need to be truthful so we can do the best for you two. And he's like, okay, do you know what? Like, to be completely honest, I killed her. Um, I did it for us. Like, if it wasn't for me and her, I wouldn't have killed her. And I Mm -hmm. did it because I love her. Um, And he kind of has this, like, really, just from the get-go, really, he says, he doesn't say much at the start. And then as soon as she's like, right, come on, like, do it for both of you. He just says everything. Yeah. And Gypsy goes the complete opposite. And she's in this video, she's shaking, she's inconsolable, and she really takes on this childlike persona yeah. again. And she's like, um, 
what's happened to my mom? Like, um, I love my mom, all this, whatever. And the it's funny because like the this like southern police interrogator is like, I know you love your mom. I don't doubt that for a second. It's so funny. <laughs> but you did kill her. But you killed her, <laughs> lad. Don't lie. Um, and he's just like, he's like, I know what happened. And she's just sitting there shaking and like shaking her head and stuff. And you can just tell it's like probably her go-to to yeah. be in this like defense. It's probably a defense mechanism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, he specifically said, um, he specifically asked her, um, did you help Nicholas kill your mother? And she goes, no, sir. And he goes, and did you know that he was going to kill your mother? And she just goes, no, sir, which is obviously all a lie. Yeah. Um, so while the charge of first degree murder can carry the death penalty under Missouri law, um, you know, or life without patrol, <laughs> parole, um, you know, this is such a unique case and such an interesting yeah. one um, that probably they'd never seen before in that state. Uh, the county prosecutor, Dan Patterson, um, announced that he wouldn't seek for either uh, like death penalty for Gypsy or Gorjon because the case was extraordinary and unusual. Mm-hmm. Um, so after, so really, really grim, after Gypsy's attorney obtained her medical records, so literally only when Gypsy talked to her attorney for the very first time in Louisiana, that's when... this was just in the documentary, Mm -hmm. that's when she found out that she didn't have a number of the, like, um, illnesses and conditions that her mum had said. So it was literally only when this attorney talked to different doctors and whatever. So, yeah, so the only thing that Gypsy knew wasn't to not be true. She knew she could walk and she... What was it? She knew... She I think... I think it was just that she knew she could walk. Yeah. Um, and she knew, she probably knew she was more mentally capable than a seven-year-old. Yeah, but I don't know how much, though. Like, Yeah, she would have been... Oh, this was it. She knew she could walk, um, but... No, sorry, never mind. I thought I knew something there, but it's just a different <laughs> piece of information. So She knew, but also her mum used to, like, squeeze her hand in public if she thought she was going to say something. Yeah. Would, like, so she probably was, like, so used to suppressing her own thoughts that like she didn't yeah like how much are you actually that clued on to yeah so you know there's part in the documentary where she talks about you know i i found i i I turned around and i was like wait i don't have cancer yeah and they're like no and like so she knew she didn't have muscular dystrophy or maybe she thought she had it but just not as bad as yeah it was getting on um but in in july 2015 she accepted the plea bargain agreement and she was sentenced to 10 years in prison um, but Gaudijan still faced the more severe charge because obviously he was the one that actually murdered her. Yeah. The prosecutors contended that he initiated the murder plot and both him and Gypsy agreed that he was the one who actually killed Dee Dee. Mm-hmm. So the jurors had the option of finding Gaudijan not guilty or guilty of one of three murder charges, involuntary manslaughter, second-degree murder or first-degree murder. So the, like, the variety in which he could have been sentenced yeah. was huge. So it was a really big case mm-hmm. at this point. After approximately two hours of deliberation, which, which is not is that nothing. long, it's yeah, nothing. Sometimes it goes on for days. For days, yeah. For something that big, yeah. they were clearly, you know, very set in what they wanted to do. They returned with a verdict um, that Gaudijan was to be found guilty of first-degree murder and armed criminal action. And in February 2019, he was san- sentenced to life in prison. So this was, like, not that long ago. Yeah. Um, for the murder conviction. And the only possible option since prosecutors had declined to seek death penalty. So he, because they never seek the death penalty he's got like he, April, right? they still wanted him to get the ultimate yeah, sentence yeah. so everyone friends included believed that Godijan was the mastermind behind it all 
And in a later interview, Gypsy elaborates on what it was like growing up. So she said that all the different medications she was kept on kept her in this kind of sedative state, mm -hmm. which makes a lot of sense. I mean, you would, you'd be drugged yeah. up all the time. Yeah, I think it's important to discuss it like, yeah, she knew she could walk. But like the amount you, one, you're a child who's growing up, who's very impressionable, obviously just as a child. Yeah. But she's drugged up and being kept in the sedative state. And abused. So, and, and abused, of course. So... How, who are we to say that she didn't believe and buy into all of it herself? Um, in the interview, Gypsy said that she fully believed that she had all these illnesses, mm -hmm. but she knew she could walk and she knew she could eat by herself. That was it. Yeah. So the kind of backstory back and contextualization that's taken away from Dee Dee and why she did this, although we might never know really, was that, so this was in the documentary, um, they kind of speculated Dee Dee didn't have very many accomplishments in her mm -hmm. life um and that wasn't okay for her that wasn't going to sit well with her and she wasn't going to lead that life so people speculated that being a caretaker of was a really a sick child was a purpose and identity yeah. yeah and an opportunity to be seen as something really important um and you do see in like a lot of these interviews and a lot of the footage of her she like she's not camera shy and there's nothing wrong with that but like she plays this role mm. really well like really fucking well and there is something to be said for like the more that you do something, you do be the more you repeat something to your brain, it becomes true. I so, think so, yeah. Like, obviously, we know from a outside perspective, it's fucked up and it was obviously wrong. But she probably convinced herself that like she for was, sure, yeah. I mean, you can't argue for to some extent. You have to be ill to do this mm -hmm. and to like go on to this. Um, you know, get this far down the rabbit hole and keep going. So how ill was she in the sense that she probably actually just ended up believing it herself? Oh, yeah. And I think you would have to, to be able to, like, live with yourself. And to continue on. Yeah. To even keep going. Guilt would, like, I mean, it was her own child. Like, yeah, exactly. So, you I know. I wonder if she had moments where she's like, I can't I know. this anymore. It's, or, like, if she was genuinely so convinced. It's stuff like that that's frustrating because we'll never know. Yeah. We'll never get the answer. And even if she was alive, you probably... She wouldn't. She say. wouldn't say or whatever. But, um, yeah, it's like, there's so many questions surrounding it. And, like, you know, for example, how did Dee Dee get away with this for lo so long? Yeah. Um, one of the experts in the documentary explains how many people with Munchenhaus syndrome by proxy usually don't meet too many obstacles. So this kind of go back, goes back to what I said. Um, the doctors in the US are like businessmen. Business, yeah. um, you know, and happy customers, please patients, garner great business. Mm -hmm. And, you know, America is, I don't know, I just think the healthcare system is a whole different world than we even know. Mm. And like, you know, I'm fully aware that my insight is very limited and like to even that extent I mm. don't understand like I'm never really going to get it yeah and I think it's you know the insight I guess I, I do have of like actual people I know is everyone that I went to school with like a good amount of their parents were on x medication for this and yeah. x medication mm -hmm. for that and if you wanted you know you you literally only had to convince someone how much you wanted pain medication forever. And there's a huge, there's a, there's a huge pill problem in America yeah. and a massive prescription medication problem. And really all that she's done is escalate that. Yeah, just brought it to another level. And if you're determined enough, and if, yeah. if anyone who's been in an accident can get prescribed, you know, really strong pain medication, mm -hmm. which I know a lot of people have, then if you're determined, then, you know, we're being proven here in this story that yeah. it's possible. 
I'm like wondering how much to blame Gypsy, how much Gypsy is to blame for this. Not, yeah. not in terms of what happened to her, which is objectively awful, but in terms of like, did Dee Dee deserve to die? Mm. And can we separate Gypsy from her abuse and trauma and her crime? Yeah. Are they all interlinked? And like, is she guilty or was she just merely reactive? That's, yeah, that's a really interesting point. Because yeah. I think it would be unfair to, you know, she's in a, she was in a horrible, like horrific, like horror film shit kind of situation. Yeah. And I think, you know, you need to also keep in mind, Gypsy was told by Dee Dee that she had, that Dee Dee had shown the police her medical records and that she was um, mentally stunted or whatever and, and fabricated these mm. documents and that if she went to the police that they wouldn't, wouldn't believe her, her yeah. like she was literally so told she was that. trapped so how many options do you have I know how many options do you actually feasibly think you have you know and I think yeah I don't know what do you think yeah I mean I just don't think we could ever imagine being living the life of Gypsy Rose so how, yeah. how can you think what you would do yeah because you don't know but I think I don't know. Personally, I think that no matter what someone does, they don't deserve. I think it's almost like the death penalty. Like I don't deserve. No, no, I agree. Murder I wasn't the answer. I don't think she deserved to be killed, but I also can't, I'm on Gypsy's side here, though. I like, can't say yeah that. Who are we to sit here and be like? I don't know. It's really difficult because, like, I also think, you know, she wasn't a child when this happened. She mm-hmm. was nineteen. Um, when she met Nicholas. Mm -hmm. So I do think, you know, you should have tried to tell, say Aaliyah, who's in this documentary, you should have tried to tell her. And there's certain things like them having sex or like the Facebook post she was making about her mum when she died that kind of suggests that that's quite sinister. Yeah. And it wasn't like a last resort self-defence, it was like a calculated murder. Yeah, yeah. But then that's all fine and well, but... The murder of somebody that was like literally chaining you to a bed, starting mm-hmm. you, shoving tubes down your throat, making you have operations you didn't need. Yeah. For years and years and years and years. I know. Like the one person that's meant to love and protect you over anyone, like your own mother, is is like subjecting you to that level of abuse. Yeah. So like, I don't think we can make any claims, really. No. You're so close to the camera. What are you doing? I don't know. You your leg I was, no, was I was, no, oh, I was right. like, I was talking to you. You were like, and then... <laughs> no, I forgot that I was there. All right. No, I know. I was, I was just engaged I know. I, I like, I popped over, like, looked at the screen and it was you, like, and I was like, she's into it. Are they quite zoomed in, these cameras? Yours is, because oh, mine's great. really <laughs> far back, but it was just I that mean, bit you were like, and then... <laughs> um, but anyway, so last, last question. Let's discuss this last point. Mm. Do you think... The mo- so the motivation of Dee Dee, what do you think it was? Do you think, how much can we, on the on the s- spectrum of mental illness and being um, quite ill and being convinced of your own um, lies and whatever, mm. how much does she fall there? And how much of it is greedy, attention-seeking person? I think there's a level of psychopathy, mm. like a lack of empathy yeah. that you need... That you would have to be able to behave in that way yeah. continuously for years and years. So I think she was definitely not sentient the way that, you know, normal people are. But I also think, like, when you look at something like Maslow's Pyramids of Needs, right, you need, like, shelter, food, water, love and attention to survive 
be sustained as like a healthy human being Mm -hmm. so I think she was like outsourcing that and like projecting that onto her own daughter to try and find some kind of like identity as we said and like reason to live almost yeah like purpose so she fabricated this purpose as fucked up as it was to like care because she she nailed the role of devoted mother her daughter just wasn't ill so like it's like she wanted that yeah she wanted I think you're for sympathy and pity from other people for love and affection and for a purpose and like as fucked up as that is like you can almost understand it where it comes from yeah yeah I think that like the documentary specifically will link it in the um episode notes is they pick apart kind of Dee Dee and how she you know it kind of starts the the crime kind of happens in the middle of this documentary and then they pick apart everything at the Mm. end it's really interesting but they kind of talk about Dee Dee and how she really was this like you know single mother from Missouri whatever like she didn't have an identity she didn't have you know much of much really going for her and I think she had this crisis when she had a child and realized that okay gypsy's my life and this is this child's my life but you know with every year she grows older it's another person distancing themselves from me because she was left by everyone I think yeah. really in her life and not that I'm you know justifying anything but no, yeah, of course. you know for speculation I think with every year older that Gypsy got it was okay she's gonna leave me too mm-hmm. and she's getting independent she's not gonna need me and the only way I can tether her to me forever is by making her dependent on me yeah exactly all, by for, fabricating yeah. this illness it means I get to take care of this person and this person, more importantly, this person needs me yeah. forever. And I think when you boil it down, that's what she, that was her motivation. Like she needed someone to need her. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's probably why it was quite easy to convince herself of all these things. Yeah. Cause it was like, probably in a twisted way in her head, it was just love, you know? Yeah. Obviously not, not the good kind. No, of course. But I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Well, let us know what you think. I know, genuinely would be really nice to know um, what do you think about this situation and what do you think, who do you think, do you, can you blame Gypsy to any point or, and it, do you think Munchausen syndrome has as much of a um, purpose, not yeah. purpose, but has, um, is the real reason behind this or yeah. do you think, like how much of it is mental illness and yeah. how much does she believe in it, how much was just plain greed. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Thanks for thanks for watching listening. and listening. If you've been watching us on YouTube, please again, like I've said, let us know because this is our new setup. We're here. At State <laughs> Are you of home? Mind. I know, <laughs> but that's been episode twenty-eight. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Peace and love. Bye. <laughs>